Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1243 of the Lots on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Thursday evening into Friday. Thank you for joining us, as always, on this podcast and subscribing to the show across podcast platforms. If you missed it by the title or anything else, this is actually part two that you're about to watch or listen to between myself and Andrew Kelly talking about fake trades for the Hawks and some team building exercises, etc. So if you missed it, part one is where you should start on this conversation. That should be available in your podcast feed right now. Check that out if you have not done that already. Beyond that, no further intro needed. Andrew and I had a lot of fun talking about some of the more prominent potential targets for the Hawks on the market in the next couple of weeks, and we'll have more of that coming up in a moment. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. I know that they want to keep Mitchell probably more than Gobert at this point in time. I'm not actually going to Donovan now because he's the uh, probably the other prominent guy we talk about uh, more than anybody else. In fact, Andrew, I think he might be the player in the entire NBA that we've discussed the most behind the scenes in the other, other than Hawks players, I should say. Um, that we've discussed more. Would you agree? I'm not sure if there's another guy in the league that you and I and Glenn and other people have talked about more behind the scenes than Donovan Mitchell for like the last year. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. I think that we've just all kind of sensed that it's pretty likely he becomes available at some point and he's very good. So he just kind of consistently comes up in our in our private discussions. But yeah, it's funny. I, I remember <laughs> when we first started talking about this like in like 2019, 2020, and now it's like, I mean, he might be available now. Yeah, but yeah, he, he definitely does seem like that guy. Yeah, I think he's gonna, I mean, we don't know. Mitchell, it seems like, and you might disagree, it seems like he'll not be traded unless he wants to be this offseason. Um, I think that the owner in Salt, the, the, the new owner with Utah likes him. Um, and he's he's their guy. I think they definitely value him more than Rudy at this point in time. Um, but he also might want out, and that might happen. There's been there's been rumblings that that might happen. Um, him and Rudy famously don't get along all that well, so uh, we'll see. But let's just say for our purposes on this podcast, let's just, let's just say hypothetically he's available. Uh, there is a very there's more nuance than this for sure. But sort of there's two camps that, that I feel that I see, and uh, you can sort of draw your conclusions on where we are. But there's the you go out anytime you get a player like Donovan Mitchell, you trade for him uh, camp, which I think I'm kind of in, but not quite maybe the level that I think you might, that you might be. And then there's the level, uh, then there's the more team building level where like, um, you know, a team with Trey Young and Donovan Mitchell together is not the perfect fit by any means. And, and defensively uh, you're kind of just asking for trouble with those, with those two guys. Um, obviously there are points along the spectrum that incorporate both viewpoints. And I, I think I have one of those points, but uh, I wonder what you think about Mitchell, both as like a hypothetical target and whether like what you want to pay, like whether you'd be really interested in him because like realistically he could be available. And uh, if that happens, you know, he's got the Adidas connections with Trey and even with John Collins, et cetera. There's some pretty interesting ties there. This is funny because we've talked about him so much in private that you have to you have to ask me my opinion on, yeah. on Mitchell well, I, I, for the I, public. I, 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 I didn't yeah. say in there. No, I, think, no, I, I, think I, I think I know where you stand, but I want to make sure people don't people understand people understand. Public yeah, between the I'm, two of us. I'm a big fan of Mitchell, and I think he's also another guy that's probably underrated now, just because he's had a very disappointing playoff exit, but he's had some incredible playoff performances. I mean, when you talk about Mitchell, I mean, this is a guard that is a Team USA guy an all NBA guy um, locked up under team control for like his super prime years. I mean, this is a guy that I, I think you have to be interested in. He's a type of player where I think that talent supersedes fit. 
that's not true in all cases, but when it comes down to like closer to cream of the crop level talent, which is what I view Mitchell as, then that's the kind of guy where you prioritize, like, let's get him in. Let's see how we can build around him. You know, even if the fit isn't great on paper. Um, but with Mitchell, um, you mentioned that the Adidas connections, that's something that I think people underrate, you know, the sneaker stuff does matter. So that that's an angle too. He's friends with Trey off the court. Um, I think that there's other considerations too. Like if, if Mitchell comes to the Hawks, he's not coming to be the number two to Trey. He's coming to be the co-number one. <laughs> one B. Hierarchy yeah. is a very important thing in the NBA. It's, you know, if he comes to Trey's team, he's not going to perceive himself as being a number two. So you have to sort of value him from a front office perspective as you do Trey and sell him on that. Um, so I think that's an important thing to discuss too with Mitchell. But when you talk about like what I'm getting back to you about needing another creator, just running out of ideas offensively in the playoffs like they did against Miami. I mean, with Mitchell, you just you cannot put two on Trey. Like you, you can't do that because if he's on the court, he will kill you in those four on three situations. And another thing too is, I think it's really important to be able to stagger your stars if you have them. Um, so you could run lineups with, you know, Mitchell with Trey on the bench and vice versa. Those That's a big luxury to have. You know, when you have Donovan Mitchell, like leading a bench unit without Trey, like that's an important thing to have versus like DeLon Wright leading a bench unit or, you know, someone like that. Like it's, he, it's a there. huge. He's there, sir. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No DeLon Wright slander, <laughs> but I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, you, you add that level of a shot creator, someone that you can stagger with Trey, someone that I think could reduce the fatigue that Trey accumulates throughout the season. Um, he's also someone that I think is good enough and has the pedigree that Trey is willing to defer to at times. Like if Mitchell's hot, I think that Trey may not take some of the shots that he does if you know he needs to lean on Mitchell in a particular game. I think he's someone that Trey could convince himself, hey, you know, let me try and run off a screen or do things like that off ball that he might not be willing to do for like a herder type. You know, he just is a different level of player and he, he brings different gravity to the table than the, the current members of the Hawks roster. So again, I, I think defensively, like, it's not good. Like that's 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 the best way to portray it. I mean, you're essentially punting on point of attack defense between Trey and Donovan Mitchell. So yep. then you know maybe maybe they can get go there in the trade too. <laughs> well, I was gonna say it, it would honestly look a lot like uh, a lot like Utah did. Yeah. Uh, except for well, maybe maybe the worse. high end talent is definitely different. From right. Like, Obviously, you, from you Utah. have you have more offensive talent than Utah had. You've um, got to have a, a center like a Congo who can come out and defend on the perimeter. Um, you've got to have good perimeter defenses uh, defenders who, who who know team defense concepts and are able to help and things like that. So it definitely does put a lot of stress on your roster building as far, as far as finding like the defensive pieces you need to make that that core work. But at the end of the day, I mean, I, I do kind of come back to like Daryl Morley's philosophy of just like get Team USA players if you can. You know, if you get Donovan Mitchell, he's interested in going to your team. The Hawks have never really been like a free agent destination or anything like that. If you have him who's interested in coming there, I think you got to do it. Yeah, and I, I get that, that viewpoint. I, I'm not quite as like definite about it as you are, but I, even as someone who – I am not as high on Mitchell as some, but even I think he's a top, you know, 25, 30 guy in the league. Like he's, he's a really good, he's a really good player. And I think that um, he is, you know, potentially the best guy you can get and that the fit is not going to be good. It will probably have me pulling my hair out if that happens in terms of watching them try to defend, but offensively they would be absolutely terrifying. I mean, we saw how good the Hawks were in the regular season this year with, with Trey and a guy and a bunch of guys we talked about before, like they have some decent offensive talent on this roster, obviously, but you know, 
preseason favorite to be the best office in the league by a pretty decent, pretty decent yeah, margin. If exactly. you have Trey and Donovan on the same team, like it, it might be the closest thing that they could think of recently is like what the Nets probably would have been if they had ever been together yeah. for very long. Um, in terms of just being able to score at will, and obviously those Nets teams had KD, who was a more capable defender on him on them. But like it's interesting thought exercise that we'll probably save some of for the future. But I think that if Mitchell both a asks out and is actually available and B wants to come to Atlanta, um, you know, there's certainly a, a deal or two that I would make to get him. I, I think that my, my breaking point on doing it is probably lower than yours, knowing how we, where, where we both stand. But at the same time, like if, if it's available to you, I do understand the thought process of going out and getting him because he is a premium talent. And uh, you know, frankly, the Hawks may not be able to have that guy fall in their lap again, because as much as we talked about this, but you know, both online, offline, us, everybody else is talking about this, like the second star, like, yeah, it'd be great if it was a wing, that was a two way wing, but those guys aren't coming available all the time. Like you might have to just quote unquote settle for someone like Donovan Mitchell, who is really good and has really big flaws. And maybe you're just hoping and praying that he gets back to his Louisville days defensively when he's not, when he's not a number one offensive player. And like, I think that's, that's probably pie in the sky, but I think that uh, it also changes your roster. But like you said as well, like you have to kind of pivot the rest of your roster in a lot of ways to like really be intentional about like, you can't have any other bad defenders basically. Otherwise you're just like kind of drawing dead in some respects in the playoffs on defense, especially, but those are rich, those are rich man's problems too. So uh, he's a really interesting case for me because he has signed long. He has, he has signed long-term uh, it's a three, I guess he's on a three plus one now after this season. So like minimum three years of control, he's on your timeline on some level. He's older than Trey, but not too much older. I don't know. He'd be interesting for me for sure. Cause like, I think he's more of an on ball guy, but you know, the best case scenario in some ways on offense anyway, would be to have a guy who can run your team when Trey sits and he can obviously do that. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar and I absolutely love brownies, but actually you don't see even better than brownies, brownie batter. Sometimes I just eat the, the batter itself when I'm making the brownies. And if you could just imagine that now, Eating it off the spatula and getting that badly needed protein in the process, you're in luck because Built Bar has a new creation. That's one that's actually better than ever. It's the Brownie Batter Puff. You heard me right. The Puff takes protein bars to a whole new level, and they're available right now at Built.com. If you haven't tried the Puffs yet overall, I don't know what you're waiting for at this point. I've been telling you for a while. It's time to check out the Puffs overall and really everything at Built Bar. With 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 7 grams of sugar, Brownie Butter Puffs, Brownie Batter Puffs, I should say, are the perfect pick-me-up for any day. All built puffs have 100% real chocolate on the outside. That means that means with built, you can actually eat healthy and enjoy doing it in the process. They have collagen protein, which your body can absorb more efficiently, and they have tons of health benefits. The brownie batter puffs will have you clearly forgetting that you're actually eating a protein bar. Don't need to pinch yourself. It's actually real life and the way it tastes, and it's also quite healthy in the process. Go to built.com right now to get brownie butter puffs. And when you get there, use the promo code LOCK15 on your order. If you do that, 15% off on your whole order with Built Bar. Built.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off at Built.com. One thing, too, is I think that often fans, like, underestimate how much you have to pay for these types of players. Like, I see a lot of trade proposals. I know you see a lot of trade proposals. And, you know, you're, you're not getting these top all-NBA players without giving up a lot. Like, you know, you're, you're giving up like multiple picks, two to three first round players. I mean, excuse me, two to three first round picks, a couple good young players, things like that. Like, I just see a lot of trade proposals where, you know, the Hawks keep most of their roster and get like these star guys. And I just, that just doesn't happen. 
Um, but again, he's, he's a guy where I just think that the talent ultimately supersedes fit. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it really does come down to top end talent. Certainly it places a lot of burden on the rest of the roster construction. You have to be able to find versatile defenders, things like that. that can make it work around them. But at the end of the day, I'm, you're just not going to convince me that it's a bad idea to trade for <laughs> Donovan Mitchell. Like that's just where I stand. I've been trying for like a year and a half to, to convince you. <laughs> no, I'm, I, and not even, not even I as someone who, again, is like, I'm, I care about defense a lot. And I don't think it's the greatest fit in the world. And I'm not like over the moon about Mitchell. And I still think it's like reasonable to go do that. If you can do, if you can do it at the right price, you kind of have to, you kind of just have to on some level. So we'll see if that becomes a thing. Again, there's uh, multiple steps that have to happen before we get there. Um, I think those are the three guys that are like the most prominent, like potential. So we spent a lot of time on them. Uh, there are other conceivable guys we, they can obviously go trade for. Uh, I'm not going to say any more names. I'm going to turn that over to you for a second. Uh, who's on your list? In terms of like potential, you could even tear them up if you want to. Like, what's what's going on in your in your in your uh, always rapidly uh, functioning brain on fake trades that are not uh, involving Mitchell Aitner Gobert? Well, I appreciate the the rapidly functioning. You know, I, I think that I've declined a little bit. You know, I'm you know I'm nah, 32 now. I don't know yet. how. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think when we talk about uh, talk about targets, I mean, I think on some level you have to discuss Ben Simmons. I mean, just because this is a guy that the Hawks were active in trying to acquire the deadline. Yeah. Of course, Daryl Morey is just one of the worst guys to have to negotiate in the league. I mean, you know, he had his eyes only set on Harden. You can argue now whether that was the right process, but he was only set on Harden. Um, so if the Nets were to make Simmons available, you know, maybe they didn't like all the back stuff went down with him. They probably almost certainly expected him to be ready for the playoffs. I can't imagine that they would trade hard like they did and, and not expect to get Simmons back for the playoff run if they, if they expected him to be healthy. Um, so if the price were to be reasonable on him, like a, you know, maybe like a Bogdanovich, like Capella type outline, something like that, I, I think it, I would still be interested in, in Simmons. We've talked about him a lot, so I don't want to spend too much time on him, but uh, one of the best perimeter defenders in the game. Um, someone that, even if he's not a great scorer, can still take advantage of you know four on three type situations that trades, uh, Trey will generate. Um, so he's somebody that I think we have to talk about just, just briefly. Do you think he's somebody that they might you know have some interest in if he were to uh, become available again? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they would on some level. I, you know, clearly the the back thing is a little weird. I'm not sure if that's like a long term concern. We don't have the medicals they'd have to have. From, sure. from what I understand, it's like a relatively minor procedure. Yeah. I think Woj said he'll be available before uh, training camp. Yeah, I, and obviously they would want to see the medicals on that. And I think that there's enough weirdness with Simmons who has not played in so long that you got you got to be pretty confident he can play both mentally and physically at this point. I mean, he hasn't you know he obviously had the, the mental health stuff as well, which I don't you know I'm not picking on him for it's just that that's reality you have to be a little bit you have to be confident that he can actually play for you if you're going to trade what it takes to get him and you're the hawks um but yeah i think they'd be interested for sure i mean they were interested during as you, as you mentioned during last traded line they were in the mix and i think they just kind of figured out that they had they didn't have what they wanted um and by, by they i mean daryl morey wanted so this time around and, and if, you're, if you're the nets you might just want to consolidate you might want to re, uh what's the opposite of consolidate Sp spread your resources out a little bit more and maybe not yeah. just be tied to Ben Simmons experience when you already have presumably you have KD and Kyrie on your team still um you might be better off with you know a couple of starters uh, yeah where, like, like like you laid out Capella and Bogdanovich like that's a pretty good return for a guy who hasn't played in almost two years yeah I agree with that because like the Boston series clearly showed that they have additional holes on their roster so you could talk yourself into you know, maybe the top end talent takes a, a dip, but we're addressing some key areas. So I, I think that Simmons is just someone that you have to at least touch on just because he, he could potent, potentially become available and he's someone they've shown interest in in the past. But yeah. whatever we're talking about, like as far as like trade targets, and this is like low 
lower on like the realism scale. But when people ask me, like, you know, if you could pick anybody, who, who do you think you'd you'd like to have that might, you know, conceivably be available? It'd probably be like Shea Gozos Alexander of Oklahoma oh, yeah, City. I it. mean, <laughs> I think that that's like the guy that if I could pair like one guy with Trey, he'd he'd be probably top of the list because I mean he has a size that that Mitchell doesn't have, so it's easier to make that pairing work. He's a better defender than Mitchell is. I, I think Mitchell is better in the vacuum, but as far as like fit with Trey, I, I do prefer Shea there. And he's an elite, elite driver. You know, just the, the ability to have that kind of driving playing off a of Trey, I think is just tantalizing. Um, so if he were to become available for some reason, I, I, he has to act, you know, ask out. They're not going to trade him without, without yes. that. But we know Sam Presti loves his picks. The Hawks have all their future picks and a couple additional ones. Um, so if they were, if he were to become available by, you know, some stretch of the imagination, that would be the guy where I just, you know, unload the clip, you know, that's, that's who you really try to try to bring in if you can. Yeah. He's a name that gets thrown around sometimes. Uh, and I think is, uh, to your point, like a step down on the, uh, no, no bleeping way, uh, scenario from guys that, that you might want, like, you know, obviously if you're picking a guy in a lab, it'd be like Jason Tatum, <laughs> but he's not available. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, could, and we'll, and we'll you have to at least be able to like squint and see how they could do it. Right. Like the Celtics aren't trading Jason Tatum. <laughs> right. And that's what I mean. Like maybe you go to like, you know, I think, I think Shay, given that he's in a weird situation with Oklahoma city where like, it's almost like he's been there too long and they're still so far away that maybe they want to move on. And it's, it's so, it's so weird to think about him being like almost beyond their timeline, but it's, you know, maybe he is, I have no idea what's going on in Oklahoma city. But uh, yeah, I think that he is really interesting. Um, you know, defensively isn't the best right now, but maybe would get better in a better situation where he wasn't the number one guy. Um, has some tools defensively, has good size. So like, I think, yeah, I think he would be certainly, that's a high end target and it requires Oklahoma City playing ball with you, but that's a home run swing. I, I certainly would agree with you. I mean, he'd be, I'd rather have Shea than anyone we've talked about so far. Uh, just to be clear, in terms of uh, uh, you know, within reason, um, if you just if you just assume a reasonable return, um, I'm not saying he's a better player than those guys. Like I think Rudy Gobert is better at basketball right now than Shea is, but I think if, for the Hawks and for the long term and timeline and all that stuff, I think he would. I think he'd be the guy I would choose above all of them. I think same thing with Mitchell. I think Mitchell's a, probably a better player than Shea right now, but I think uh, just in terms of fit and all that stuff, I think I'd rather lean Shea. So sure, sign me up. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online, and it's May. Bet Plus season is up and running at full steam at this stage. And of course, the NBA playoffs are still rolling along with a high level game almost every night of the week. And with that in mind, betonline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and information. This year, they have the latest odds, contests, futures, player props, exotics, and much more. Bet Online is the best spot for all of the developments in the sports world. Trust me, I'm on there all the time, and it's fantastic. Bet Online is not just basketball or baseball either. They have Everything across the board in the sports world. And beyond that, they have live betting, they have favorite casino games, they have poker, etc. And they have odds on all kinds of different sports. They have golf, which is big right now with a major going on right now as I speak. Esports, tennis, auto racing, horse racing, hockey playoffs are ongoing. And Stanley Cup is uh, always a fun time to pursue. MMA stuff, boxing, soccer, cricket, entertainment bets, and much more. It's a great time to look at the future market as well in the NFL, college football, college basketball. All those future facing markets are available 24-7, and uh, they're very interesting to sort of weigh and uh, use as a projection tool and a lot of sports stuff as well. BetOnline.net has all of what you need in the sports world, and check it out right now to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. I'm with you on that, and that's probably it as far as guys I have that you know are some of the best players in the NBA. And you know, you can maybe squint and are available like a you know a, a Gobert, a Mitchell, a Simmons, and Shade. Those are the high end guys. I mean, 
Zach Levine is there's, there's there's probably some whispers, I guess, that he can become available. I think that ultimately the Bulls will just end up paying him. You know, they'll give him the max deal. He, but he, he he'd, have to, he'd have to want to leave. I mean, that's the thing. He'd he's, have to he's, leave. A, he's a free yeah. agent, so it's uh, his is almost uh, it's different than Aiden because they uh, the Suns could just match on Aiden, whereas yeah. Levine can just leave. But of course, the Hawks don't have cap space, so like he has to choose. It would the have Hawks. to be a sign and trade. Yeah, yeah. He has to choose the Hawks and then have Chicago play ball with you, which is like you know that's not the easiest thing in the world. It's not very likely, but I get asked uh, you know enough oh, about yeah. him that I wanted to at least touch on him. <laughs> I mean, he's he's. I think that you know as far as like offensive fits, he's he's really incredible with Trey because he's so good off the ball. He's proven that he's able to defer to another player like Demar for long stretches of time. So if if you could get Levine, I mean that's another guy that it's it's pretty obvious to me that you should get him. But I don't think he'll become available. I just wanted to touch on him yeah no i uh i tend to agree um anybody on your on your list that's like a step or two down from that like more of a not necessarily a role player but not a not a star not a top 30 guy in the league not top 40 guy in the league is there is there somebody like that because you know i'll say the one guy i hear the most about i don't know what it is recently maybe there was like a stray like weird report or something like that it's malcolm brogdon he's he's from here which maybe adds to it he actually played a jc down the street from where i grew up um and a guy who uh, played under, under Nate. I'm not sure that he uh, would want to come here because him and Nate famously didn't get along at the end in Indiana. But uh, that's a guy that's been uh, people keep asking me about. I'm not sure if there's anybody else on your list that's like not not a star, but might be interesting. Brogdon, I think, is a great guy to discuss because, like I said, we've already touched on some of the best players in the league with various degrees of realism as far as like ability to acquire Brogdon. You can get Malcolm Brogdon, in my opinion. You know, if, if you're willing to match what Indy is willing to take for him, I think you could get him. I don't even think he would cost that much, honestly. Um, he's 30 years old or entering his 30 you know, years old season. Um, they acquired Halliburton. They could potentially draft a guard with their lottery pick. I think they're fine sitting him out. Um, even like a Bogdanovich type swap, I think that's something that Indy might take just because I think Bogey's a good fit with young guys. And he has one year less on his deal than – than Brogdon has, I believe. So I think that, you know, you, you already kind of have the outlines of a trade there. Uh, you touched on it briefly too, that the relationship with Nate was, you know, reportedly, reportedly pretty sour. Yeah. yeah, not great. Um, so we're talking about that from the outset. This is a team that has at times, I think, had some leadership issues. So if you bring in a situation where you might have some tension between a newly acquired player and the coach, like that's already a situation that's, you know, sort of a red flag in itself. Um, but as far as on, you know, on court play, I think that there's a lot to like. Uh, Brogdon is the type of guard who can play on ball and off ball, which is really nice to have with a Trey Young team. You know, he's a good shooter. He can also be a good scorer and scale up to high uses when you need that. So I think that's very beneficial to have. He's a fine defender. I think sometimes people like overrate his defense to a degree. Like he's he's not good at the point of attack. Like he, he can defend down some, but he, he's really not great at defending point guards. So I think that that could be an issue as far as like defense. But um, I think that they could you know, acquire him. He's a realistic candidate. I don't think he would cost that much. He's a good fit with Trey. So I think that you should be interested in some level because of that. But I mean, this is a guy who's like famously unreliable physically. You know, yeah. ultimately Milwaukee moved him on because they couldn't trust that he would be healthy in the playoffs. He's never played more than 2,000 minutes in a season. Um, he's entering his 30s. He's still got, I think, what, three or four years left on his three years left on his three. deal, I think. Yep. yep. And uh, he's making, you know, like what, about 22 million and as far as like average annual value. So this is like, a contract that could not look great if he continues to physically decline. So I think you have to take that into perspective. But I think he is a good fit with Trey, and he's a realistic target. So um, I think I'm not out on him, but I just have my concerns as far as, like, the McMillan history and the injury history and, and frankly, what he's making, too, as far as, like, you know, somebody that's not reliable. Yeah, I have little else to add. I think you covered it there with the fact that he would make a lot of sense. Uh, 
the injury stuff is concerning because you know he'll be you know, usually as guys get older they don't get they don't get healthier. Uh, he'll be thirty next year. Um, was an older guy coming out of coming out of college. Um, you know, I think, and also he did, he randomly has not shot well two of the last three seasons from three. I'm not sure what you make of that. I think he's a good shooter, but uh, it's been a little bit weird lately. Yeah, three, the sample so. size isn't huge on that either because he's, he's hurt a lot, you know, like yeah. it, I feel like over a longer sample, like the, the shooting is there. And again, I think he's a good guy to discuss because he is a creator. Like they need to add another creator and he's acquirable and he's from Atlanta. So I just think that he makes sense on that level. There's, there's just a lot of downsides with them. Yeah. That's a good, uh, it's sort of an aggressive move though, because if it works, um, it's probably the, a fairly modest price given where Indiana is in their cycle. They're not going to be able to like put them up for, um, you know, for auction and, ha- and get, a, get, a, get a ton of money uh, in terms of, uh, sorry, a ton of uh, assets back for him right now because of the contract's like fine, but he's not, he's not on this great contract. And, um, you know, they're obviously uh, not necessarily at a full rebuild, but they had a bad season last year and probably want to pivot a little bit for a guy who's from a guy who's 30 years old. I'm not sure if that's bogey or whatever, but he, he's the matching salary. that makes the easiest sense. Um, he would be a guy, by the way, if I was the Hawks, um, if I was going to do that, I would be trying to get, uh, to, to try to do like a Brogdon for Gallo and 16 kind of thing at the draft. That's yeah, my, that, that's a good that, one. That'd be the offer that I would make first. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Just because of Indiana and where they are, maybe, maybe they're ready to move on, just kind of get a little bit younger. Obviously, with Gallo, they could just cut him um, and save that money, uh, get get a first round pick, etc. That's obviously kind of a it's kind of a sell low move for Indiana. But if you can get a guy who's like a starting caliber player for you for that package as the Hawks, it makes some sense that you can kind of add him in to what you already have. That's pretty interesting because he gives you something that, that, that those guys don't give you. So, just a thought. Yeah, um, that's a great. I think that's a very good proposal. You know, just like Gallo, trade, get man. off. Yeah, I mean, get off the money and get an asset for it. <laughs> Easy deal. Well, that's what one of those things that uh, goes all the way back to like the luxury tax and spending. But the easiest way for the Hawks to make themselves really good without, without without even taking a huge swing would be to just like have something in that Gallo slot, like trade Gallo for something using the fact that he's non guaranteed. Maybe throw a pick in there, and uh, you become very expensive if you do that. But mm-hmm. like that makes your team better. Not that Gallo's terrible, but if you if you could turn Gallo and one pick into a rotation or maybe even a starting caliber perimeter player, like that's a heck of an ad for not giving up that much, given what Gallo is right now. So yeah, agreed. It's an easy move to make if you can if you could take uh, take on the money. Um, anybody else you want to name before we get out of here? I mean, we talked about a lot of guys. You and I quite do this for two hours, but uh, I, I wonder if there's like any like sleeper guy that we haven't mentioned. If not, that's 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 okay too. I think for the most part, we've accomplished what we, what I meant to accomplish here, which is uh, everyone always asks me about all these guys, and now we talked about them at least once. Well, I think Jeremy Grant is somebody that ah, they've yes. kind of been loosely connected with, and he's another guy that's sort of in the Brogdon tier of like he's this is a good you know top seventy five type player who who might be available for the for the right price. So he's a realistic guy. I think is worth discussing. Um, he's someone that has really changed his game, obviously, since he's moved to Detroit. Like he he's a good isolation scorer. He he does it probably too much, but he is a good isolation scorer. Um, he's a very good uh, versatile defender. Honestly, if, if you were to take this Hawks team that the last year and you were to swap DeAndre Hunter for Jeremy Grant in the starting lineup and you assume that you're getting something closer to like Denver, Jeremy Grant, like that team is good. You know, this this upgrading from like Hunter, he was a replacement level player last year to Grant. He's like, you know, a top A, you know, guy in the league. Like that's that's a pretty big upgrade. Um, but when you think about like how they might acquire him, I think it's more challenging. Like I think Detroit would would definitely want someone like Collins to pair with Cade. Uh, in return for Grant, or I mean, it, it could cost less than that, but you know, Collins is definitely a better player than Grant for me, so I, that's not something I would do. 
Um, but if you were to, to view the team as like, hey, our problem is we've got to upgrade our small forward position. Um, so let's see how we can go about addressing that. Like grant somebody that could be available um, and would be an upgrade, you know, like frankly. So I think that he, he makes sense. Like, like I said, he's a good isolation scorer. He's a very good defender. Um, he's someone that I think we should at least touch on. But I would have issues with him too, you know, if, if you were to keep Hunter in the deal, just because both those guys tend to stop the ball at times. Yeah, so I think that could be an the, issue uh, in offense. All the reporting about Grant uh, does not want to take a smaller role in offense than he's had in Detroit um, is a little bit concerning. Not that the Hawks don't need some more shot creation, but he's uh, had all you can eat in Detroit. And if he likes that, uh, I'm yeah. not sure that's the greatest thing in the world for you. <laughs> yep. The shot creation is nice to have, but it again, is. like it, it's tough to play him with Hunter. He doesn't rebound either. So there's, there's that challenge as well, but I think he's still, you know, like I said, if you were to look at it from the scenario of like, let's improve the three position, then, you know, Grant makes sense. But otherwise, he's not somebody that would be high on the list, but I did want to at least touch on him. Yeah, he would be a great uh, another another guy like if, if Detroit wants to just kind of lean it a little bit further to the young rebuilding, get some more assets thing maybe he would be another gallo plus pick or two kind of guy you can go out and get but i'm with you the fit's not ever been perfect for me especially when you factor what they already have on the roster uh he is a lot better than hunter at this moment in time but um never been my favorite fit in the world i think he you know as a role player he makes a lot of sense but i don't think he wants to be that anymore i think he wants to be a, a pretty prominent scorer and not been my favorite role for I, granted he's been better than I, at that that i thought he was going to be to be very honest with you in detroit but i think he uh, still is like not a guy that you want having a ton of usage uh, and not being terribly efficient with it. So um, I, I don't know. We can do We can do this all day long. I, I was happy to hear you say that Collins is better than Grant. Though. I was proud of you. Yeah. I mean, you have to, you have to be objective sometimes, you know, uh, I, have to, I have to recognize that. No, the, there's a running joke that uh, Andrew is too low on Collins, which I, which I, which I do. I still, I still stand by Andrew, but you, you, you can't appreciate what Collins does well. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to accuse you of being uh, comically too low. At least you uh, have watched, I wish you've watched the Hawks enough to where uh, I do trust your opinion. Whereas uh, the national people that want to tell you uh, things about Collins or Hunter or whoever else that uh, have never watched him play or that like, yeah. Hunter is like the worst defender in the world. Cause he's a white guy who's skinny. Uh, it's always funny to me. Yeah. It's funny too. When you see like, like, various deals for like John Collins going to the Mavs and it's like, all right, like, you know, here's two okay role players. <laughs> like that'll, that'll get the job done. Like, yeah. I'm sure the Hawks really want to do that. Uh, and listen, I, I get that a team like Dallas, um, both for Capella or Collins really, like I get why they would want to do that, but they don't, they don't really have anything to trade for those guys. I mean, unless, unless they're going to trade you Dorian Finney Smith. And if they're, if they're going to do, if they're going to do that, then it becomes kind of interesting on some level, but they're not going to yeah. do that because the whole, the whole point is to add him to their team, not to uh, take away their, their best perimeter guy, their best yep. perimeter defender, I should say. Um, anyway. Okay. Well, Andrew, we spent a lot of time. Thank you for giving me so much time over two podcasts. Uh, if you have anything to plug, feel free. I know you're, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Andrew's uh, Twitter handle on the screen, but if you're not watching on YouTube, Worth, worth, where can they find all of your uh, all of your musings and uh, all your takes, Andrew? Yeah, nothing, nothing to plug really. Uh, you can find me on Twitter though, uh, a Kelly, A N D L A N K E L L. Uh, happy to engage. Really enjoy uh, making conversation there. Um, but that's where you can find everything that I do. Check out Andrew. Uh, I'm sure he'll be saying something, and uh, we'll talk again in the uh, near future, I'm sure. I try not to bug you too much. You have a life, and uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but it's always fun to talk with you on these things. And uh, I promise next time we'll, we'll do we'll do less fake trades. Maybe we'll talk about an actual real trade when you come back on. 
Yeah, hopefully everything's not out of date by then either. <laughs> you have to restart from the from the from the it'll, beginning. But it'll be fine. It. It's, it's mid May. We're, hold, <laughs> we're holding on here, and uh, hopefully, yeah, you're right though. That's always always a concern any point of the year. But uh, yeah, yep. thanks again. Appreciate thanks again. you, man. Yeah, thanks again to Andrew for all the time, and uh, please subscribe to this show on Twitter and uh, check us out there as well. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Follow me. Follow Andrew, and we'll see you all next time.